I would like to say good morning to everyone and welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield Michigan class. My name is Felicia Hamilton and I will be your moderator for today. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We, we hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Ewell. And the vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim's the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part and into a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. 
In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given into salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, philosophy, psychology, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained 
There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we would like to have the class dedicated in prayer by our vice president, Dr. Ronald Atkins, followed by scripture, which will be Romans the eighth chapter read by Dr. Lauren Lewis. I'd like to say good morning to the class. Good morning. And uh, may we all bow our hearts and minds in a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father Yahweh, we thank you once again for allowing us to meet and learn of you as you really are and actually exist. Father, thank you so much for guiding and protecting us through these rough and pandemic times. Father, we wanna thank you for each and every little thing you, you do for each and every last one of us. And we ask that you continue to instill in everyone under the sound of our voices that this school is teaching the truth. All these things we ask in your son, our brother Yahshua, the Messiah's name. Let us all say hallelujah. 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 Good morning. And I'll be reading out of the King James Version, substituting the true names where appropriate. That's Romans, the eighth chapter. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Yahshua the Messiah, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Yahshua the Messiah hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, Yahweh sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against Yahweh, for it is not subject to the law of Yahweh, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please Yahweh, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of Yahweh dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of the Messiah, he is none of his. And if the Messiah be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Yahshua from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Yahshua from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. 
For as many as are led by the spirit of Yahweh, they are the sons of Yahweh. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of Yahweh. And if children, then heirs, heirs of Yahweh and joint heirs with the Messiah. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of Yahweh. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who have subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption and to the glorious liberty of the children of Yahweh. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the sons according to the will of Yahweh. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love Yahweh, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did also, excuse me, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If Yahweh be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of Yahweh's elect? It is Yahweh that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is the Messiah that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of Yahweh, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of the Messiah? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? 
As it is written, for thy sake are we killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Yahweh, which is in Yahshua the Messiah, our Savior. That was Romans, the eighth chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Atkins, for the prayer and Dr. Lauren Lewis for the scripture lesson. I would like to once again welcome everyone out to our lecture this morning. We're very glad to have you today. That includes our Southfield, Michigan class members, our visiting class members, and our first-time visitor, Mr. Michael Morgan. Michael, we welcome you, and we hope you do enjoy the lecture. And before we call on our first speaker, I'd like to remind everyone to keep your video turned off and your microphone muted unless you're called on to speak. Our readers for today will be Dr. Lauren Lewis and Dr. Shirley Nelson. And for our, excuse me, for our first speaker of the evening, I'm sorry, of the morning, excuse me, I don't know what's going on with me today. We'd like to call on from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Dorian Lewis. Dr. Lewis? Good, good morning, class. Good morning. I'm uh, glad to be here. Glad to have another opportunity to learn of the Ashwins. And uh, I'm glad we have our first time visitor. Mm -hmm. And uh, we hope that you get something out of the lecture today. Uh, all right, I'll do just a brief introduction and then I will uh, pass the baton to the next speaker. As the moderator said, this is a school and it's not a church. And we make that distinction. We're kind of adamant about that, that we make that distinction because in a school you come to learn, we come to learn of our creator, not to learn how to worship him or like we learn of him. And uh, you worship, matter of fact, get me um, where uh, Yahshua says, uh, Okay, I'm drawing a blank where he says they, they that worship Yahweh is spirit. John 4 and 24, that's what it is. That's John 4. And is it okay if I start at 23? Please. Okay, that's John 4 and 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. All right. For the uh, I'm sorry. People who are who have been in this class and heard me speak before, they know what I'm about to do. This is a school. We just picked up reading in the, in the book of John, the fourth chapter, the 24th verse. We want to find out who's reading. So we don't just pick up and start reading stuff, taking things out of context. Who's reading? Or excuse me, who is speaking? Who are they speaking to? When are they speaking? So this is Yahshua the Messiah, whom, whom the world calls Jesus. This is Jesus, whose proper name is Yahshua. He is speaking to his disciples. So start that again. And this is the middle of a discourse. Now, this is a school 
if any of us are unaware or unfamiliar with the scripture, then your homework is to read this entire chapter, or really read the whole book, but to find out, we don't have time to read all of this, but start back over. That's John 4 and 23. But the hour coming, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Yahweh is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Dr. Lewis, you might be muted. I think he may have, he may be having some issues. Let's give him a moment, please. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I was trying to switch to my computer mic. I'm just talking. I forgot. <laughs> All right. My bad. Okay. So John 4 and 4, John 4 and 24. This was the so this is Yahshua the Messiah, who the world calls Jesus Christ. He said that our cometh and now is that the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. So now in spirit and in truth. Well, first and foremost, as we often say in this school, the true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. If you can show that chart, please. You guys got the uh, name chart? Yes, give her one second. You can't see it, it's up. No, we don't see it. No, uh-uh, can't see it. Sorry, just one second. Maybe I should share the right screen. Well, there we go, now we see it. All right. Okay, yep. All right, so this is just some of the basic stuff. And, and these things are now in the world. There was a time we try to talk to people about this gospel and a lot of people did hadn't heard of the name Yahweh but it's pretty it's fairly common knowledge now but we working off of what Yahshua or who the world calls Jesus what he said so we got to worship the father in spirit and in truth well the true name of the heavenly father is Yahweh that's just that's not a, a debate that's not even debated anymore everybody it's in it's in catholic bibles the original name that was in that Bible before it was translated to English is Yahweh. Lord is not a name. That's not a name. That is a title. It's an English title. That's like. Yeah, I didn't have that on here. So I uh, have to... you got somebody with an open mic. Okay. So Lord is not a name. It's a title. That's like Mr. or President or uh, whatever. You understand? That's a title. God is the same. It's a title. It's not even a proper name. All right. So when we see on this chart here, the Bible was originally written in Hebrew. You understand? And so right next to this name, Yahweh, we have the Hebrew characters. Now we're not here. I'm going to tell you right now. We're not here to tell you you got all of a sudden no Hebrew. That is not the point. The point is that we're trying to find out the truth because as Yahshua said, as Jesus said, we got to worship him in spirit and in truth. So we have the Hebrew name of the father written here in these Hebrew characters. 
what that's commonly called, these are four Hebrew characters, thank you. What that is commonly called is the tetragrammaton. We got that word down under here, if you can highlight that or point that out more. I'm getting my things so I can do the annotation, I'm sorry. All right, so now tetra means four and grammar means letters. There's a one big word that means four letters. If you look it up, what tetragrammaton is, it will see, say the four, the, uh, look it up. <laughs> I don't forgot the definition that quick. Four letters of the Hebrew name for God. Right, of the Hebrew name for God. But look it up. I want to see, this is a school. We're going to show this stuff. We're not just making this stuff up. We're not just coming up with a philosophy or a theology of our own. Everything we got, we'll get it out of the Bible, out of dictionaries. Because as I started with, this is a school. Go ahead, you got the definition? Yes. I am reading out of the, oh, there we go. Thank you. There we go. All right, so definition of tetragrammaton is the four Hebrew letters usually transliterated. Y-H-W-H uh, or J-H-V-H that form a biblical proper name of Yahweh. And go ahead and click on Yahweh so you can see that real quick. See what, see what the dictionary says. Mm -hmm. See, this, this is the, go down and see if they got a better, a more thorough definition. So that's it. Yeah. So. Um, Dictionary.com probably does Merriam-Webster sometimes. Right, right. Don't worry about it. Well, you, can, yeah, you might as well go ahead and try to get it. The reason we're going through these things, like I said, most of this is common knowledge. We know when you do basic research, every source is not a great source. So here we go. What is it? What does Google you have to say? Go ahead. Go ahead. But you have to have multiple dictionary. See what uh, Britannica says real quick. I'm sorry. I'm just, now I'm curious to see what they <laughs> you know, That's generally a good source. Yeah. Go ahead and read. Yahweh, name for God of the Israelites, representing the biblical pronunciation YHWH, the Hebrew name revealed to Moses in the book of Exodus, the name YHWH consisting of the sequence of consonants Yod, Hey, Wah, and Hey. It's known as the tetragrammaton. Keep going down. So you want to explain it better than I can. Go ahead. After the Babylonian exile, 6th century BCE, and especially from 3rd century BCE, on Jews, excuse me, on, Jews ceased to use the name Yahweh for two reasons. As Judaism became a universal rather than merely a local religion, the more common Hebrew Noun Elohim, plural in form, but understood in the singular, meaning God, tended to replace Yahweh to demonstrate the universal sovereignty of Israel's God over all others. At the same time, the divine name was increasingly regarded as too sacred to be uttered. It was thus replaced vocally in the synagogue ritual by the Hebrew word Adonai, my Lord which was translated as Kiro's Lord <clears throat> in the, I don't know how to pronounce that. That's the Greek version, right? Of the Hebrew. So, all right, that's good enough though. So now they, now that is fact in history. That is commonly known history, a commonly accepted fact. All right. So now go back to the chart. 
So now we just show how the names were taken out by the biblical. That's what that was talking about. They first of all they they felt it was too sacred, things like that. Now and now they right there in Britannica they said that they started to use Elohim more than Yahweh. But let's get back to this Lord and God. Where did that even come from? You understand? That was when the Bible was translated to English by King James. I got a whole book on the history of that. You understand of, of how they had what he was doing, King James. How he had a team of translators. I don't know why I thought it was like one or two people. I mean, this was a council of people that worked on this for quite some time to translate this this uh the Bible from Hebrew to English. And so they did not use the names Yahweh or Elohim or the title Elohim or the name Yahshua. They put in Lord. Now, Lord is a English title. You understand? Lord is a English title. So they're going to make him the top dog because King James was English. <laughs> they were translating this into an English. It's a title of nobility. You see, you got Lord, so-and-so, Lord, this and this and that. You understand? God is a German title. You see? So they use that to replace Elohim. Now, Jesus Christ, that is... a uh, Babylonian, Greek, which is Jesus. Christ is Hindu, has his origins from Hindu, Christos. You understand? What they were doing at the time that they were doing the, the uh, English or England was an empire. And they had all of these different people under their empire. You understand? And he's uniting his empire with these taking gods from different, and, and Christianity has done that on with the Crusades. They would take local traditions, religious traditions, and merge it with parts of Christianity to try to pacify the people they were conquering. That's what it was all about. So that's why you, that's how we ended up with Lord God, Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to go through a whole history lesson. And then, like I said, most of this is common knowledge. But as we said, the original name is Yahweh. The original, now Elohim, now this is where Britannica, we disagree with that. They said that they started to use Elohim more than Yahweh. Elohim is Yahweh's title. Oh, get me, um, get me, uh, it's in Genesis, uh, where they call him El Shaddai. By my name, Yahweh, did they not know? And just start reading when you get it. So now Elohim is a title. And the thing about this, names and titles in Hebrew, they have meaning. So nowadays we give our kids names. They don't have a whole lot of meaning. You understand? But especially in Hebrew and in a lot of languages, especially in Hebrew, these names and titles have meaning. You understand? In fact, I'll give you a quick little thing. You'll see this Yahweh. Yah, that portion. In the Bible, many of the prophets and the people in the Bible, they came bearing his name. You understand? Yah, they'll have a portion of his name or his title. This L, for instance, I don't hate to put you on the spot, Mike. That's my cousin, Michael, our visitor. His name, your name, has Elohim in it. It means who is like Elohim. That's what Michael. So they come bearing that name, you see. So 
These names have meaning, is my point. They're not just random names. Lord, God, they don't have me. They're titles. You understand? It just means ruler, you know. Uh, go ahead, read that scripture if you got it. That's Exodus 6 and 3. Mm-hmm. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob as El Shaddai. Okay, y'all know what I'm going to do. Who's who's speaking? Who are they speaking to? Wonder, this is Yahweh or God or the Lord speaking to Moses. You understand? And he's going to give you a whole discourse. You got to read the whole thing for yourself when you got time. He said he appeared unto, go ahead. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob mm-hmm. as El Shaddai. As El. Now you see that Elohim? You see this E-L? As El Shaddai. El Shaddai means almighty provider. He has appeared unto Abraham. Now he's talking to Moses. Moses is after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You understand? That's after. Those people are dead and gone when he's talking to Moses right here. He, he said, but those were his patriarchs. Those were his forebearers. And he said, I appeared unto them as El Shaddai. Go ahead. But by my name, Yahweh, was I not known to them. They didn't know his real, his his proper name of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And I have also established my covenant with them. Okay, now, so we want to get where did Yahweh first give a man his name? So go to Exodus third chapter. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, this is the third. Mm-hmm. Uh. Do you want a King James or a holy name? Uh, let's start with King James. That's Exodus 3 and 1. Now, again, this is a school. So we use different, quote unquote, versions of the Bible, different translations, should I say. So she just asked me, did I want the King James version? Or would we also have a version we use called the holy name version? We did not write this Bible. We don't write Bibles. You understand? The Holy Name version was created by an Italian Jew who said that it was important to put the original names, the original Hebrew names back in the Bible. So he took a King James version and he inserted the true names where instead of having Lord God and Jesus Christ in there. Now he changed a couple other things that probably shouldn't have changed. But again, we're not here to say that that version of the Bible, we use it because it has the proper names. All right. So start with the King James. Exodus three and one. Mm-hmm. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame, a fire out of the midst of the bush. Right. Can you show the Moses chart too? We have this scene and we're reading about the picture right there where she is at, uh, where she's zooming in. Right? You see Moses, you see the angel in the bush on fire. All right, go ahead. Second verse. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. Mm-hmm. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire mm-hmm. and the bush was not consumed. Mm-hmm. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and Mm -hmm. said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. So the Lord saw, and when the Lord saw, God called. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And then Moses, he said, he called Moses' name. Mm -hmm. Moses said, here am I. Go ahead. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. 
for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Right. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, mm -hmm. for I know their sorrows. Mm -hmm. We talk about children of Israel being enslaved in Egypt. We've heard the story. Go ahead. Right. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians mm -hmm. and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey uh, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Presbytes. Okay, jump down to 13, please. We don't, I, don't do, I don't want to do that much reading. Jump down to 13. 13th verse. And Moses said unto God. He's asked, he's, he's put yourself in this in this in his shoes if you will he wasn't wearing shoes by then but you know put yourself in his shoes and, and think he's talking to god appearing to him in a bush that's on fire and is not being consumed and god's telling him to go back down to egypt from which he just fled because they wanted to kill him <laughs> and he says uh god said you go back down here and free these people moses is a shepherd you're a regular dude. It's like, you know, somebody tapping us and saying, look, go over here and free these hostages. You're like, I'm not special forces. What are you talking about? But he said, so he asked God a question. He says, when I go down there, go ahead and read. And Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers have sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? Now, most of us didn't even have the wherewithal or, or the intelligence to ask that question. He's just said, up before we read before, he said, I'm the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. If God is a name, why is Moses asking him, what is your name? Because he's aware that that's a title. You understand? And so when he, and he's also asking this because he knows you're telling me to go back down into Egypt. Egypt is a polytheistic society, meaning they worship many deities, many gods. So when I go down there saying God sent me, they're going to say, which one? You understand? <laughs> so that's why he's asking that question. All right. So go ahead and read. And God said unto Moses, mm -hmm. I am that I am. Mm -hmm. And he said, thus shalt I say unto the children of Israel. I am have sent me unto you. Right. And God said moreover unto Moses, thus shalt I say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob have sent me unto you. Mm -hmm. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. All right. Now he said, this is my name forever. I don't think there's a Bible yet. Now, I told you, we this is a school. We study these things. We've read many different versions and, and translations of the Bible. Not one of them said, this is my name until you decide to translate it to something different, until you decide to modernize it. This is God, the creator. He says, this is my name forever. And my memorial, what is a memorial? Something that we used to remember him by for all generations, not just some, 
all generations. But now we're reading in the King James Version, and we've already established that Lord and God are not names. They changed. They put those in there. So whatever name was originally there, <laughs> you understand? He says, this is my name forever. That's right. We know that Lord and God are not names. So what is the name? All right. Now, real quick, we're going to read this out of uh, the Holy Name Bible with the true names inserted. And while we're doing that, can you look up um, Lord for me? You might need yeah. to do it in. I don't know. That one might be a little harder to find because it's going to say, oh, this is, you know, God, the Christian God. We want to look up what the meaning of the word Lord is. But go ahead and start reading. Uh, That's and, uh, Exodus 3 and 13. Okay. I'm sorry, 3 and 15. Okay. And Elohim said, moreover, unto Moses, mm -hmm. thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, Yahweh, the Elohim of your fathers, mm -hmm. the Elohim of Abraham, mm -hmm. the Elohim of Isaac, mm -hmm. and the Elohim of Jacob have mm -hmm. sent me unto you. Right. This is my name forever. Right. And this is my memorial for all generations. Yeah. Now, you know what? I'm sorry. Let's start at 13. I knew it was something else I wanted to get in there. And Moses said unto Elohim, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The Elohim of your fathers have sent me unto you. Right. And that's what I wanted to see. So now, Elohim, we say Elohim is a title. And as we say in the moderation, Elohim is the title that Yahweh chose for himself. That's not a title mankind bestowed upon him. That's his title that he chose for himself. And it means almighty. So we go back to what we talked about when he said that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't know me by my name. They knew me by El Shaddai, which means almighty provider, or Elohim means almighty. So, but Moses is aware that Elohim is a title. So he, that's not a name. He's asking him for his name. So he, because Yahweh said, I'm the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You understand? So uh, go ahead. Keep reading. Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the Elohim of your fathers have sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? Mm -hmm. And Elohim said unto Moses, mm -hmm. Aya, Asher, Aya. Okay, go to the Moses chart. I mean, the uh, name chart, please. See, it's all this. We, I, I feel like I've been talking for 20 minutes already, and we ain't even got over the name yet that's right and that's what i'm saying this is a this is a research organization this is a school and we come to learn and these are just basic things that shows where some of the uh misunderstandings come from you understand but it's things that we need to know because as i started with yashua said them that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him what he's saying is that we can't just come in with our ideas to God and say and think he's going to accept them. <laughs> you understand? There's a common phrase or refrain that's in the book that you would hear from people all the time. People of different denominations. Well, you worship your way and I worship mine and we all meet up in heaven. Where did that idea come from? <laughs> you understand? That ain't nothing Yahweh said. That ain't nothing God said. You see? And if you look at the world from a natural standpoint, that ain't true from a natural standpoint. Right. You don't just interpret the law the way you see fit and say, well, it'll be all right. You know, you're going to end up in handcuffs if you do the wrong thing. You understand? It's not up to your interpretation. You understand? So anyway, go ahead and keep reading. You see, oh, she said, so she said, I, uh, he said, 
Go ahead, Reba. Tinkers, mm -hmm. And Elohim said unto Moses, Aya, Asher, Aya. Right. And he and he said unto, and he and he said, excuse me, thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I will be have sent me unto you. So we have that phrase right here. Mm -hmm. We're commonly in the English translation of the King James Version. That is translated as I am that I am. But more properly, the Hebrew phrase that he said was Aya, Asher, Aya. And that means that is more properly transliterated, not translated. So the difference between translation and transliteration, translation is you change something, a word, a phrase from one language to another. Transliteration, liter like, liter like literal, <laughs> That's right. you are taking the equivalent from one language to the next. Whatever, if, is there, if, if I have an orange in my hand, what is the word for orange in Spanish? Whatever it is, I'm just, you take the actual equivalent instead of calling it whatever, you know, giving it a name in another language. So you see here, he said, Aya Asha Aya, which, which uh, transliterated to English means I will be what I will to be. Right. That is a much more, uh, or I am that I am is a limited phrase. I am and I am, and that's all I am. But I will be what I will to be is a phrase more uh, uh, descriptive of a creator. He wills to be the sun, moon, stars, the entire universe, you and I, the very breath of life. You understand? And you'll also see this commonality with this phrase and the name Yahweh. You see that Yah in there. I told you these names, this Hebrew name has meaning. That's right. So the name Yahweh literally means he who exists, he who is the existent one to be. It's, it's, it means very, it means existence. You understand? So in this phrase, you see, I, yeah, yeah. So we transliterate it. I will be, that's that to be, that existence, what I will to be. Aya, Asher, Aya. That is, that is what he told Moses. He's, so go ahead. He said, you will say, you will say, I will be, has sent me unto you. 15th oh. verse. And Elohim said, moreover unto Moses, mm -hmm. thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, Yahweh, the right. Elohim of your fathers, right. the Elohim of Abraham, mm -hmm. the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. Right. This is my name forever. Right. This is my memorial unto all generations. Right. So now that's what happened. And it gives you a better understanding. Yes. You understand? When you use the proper names and the proper title. So now let's get to Yahshua real quick. And I think I will be done. So now uh, give me, uh, is it John 5 and 43? Mm -hmm. I'm just moving along, just trying to, you know, stay basic. It's probably things you already heard, Mike. But John 5 and 43. I am come in my father's name, and you receive me not. Now again, who's speaking? Who are you speaking to? This is Joshua, who the world calls Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross for our sins. All right. Go ahead. He start that over. I am come in my father's name, mm -hmm. and you receive me not. Mm -hmm. Let another come in his own name, him you will receive. So he's talking to the multitudes, I believe. He said, now I am come, or he might be talking to the Pharisees, which was the, 
big boys. That's like talking to a bunch of preachers. Like, get all the big highfalutin preachers. He's talking to them. That's why he used to rile them up. You know, that's like getting some big, you know, the Pope and all his cardinals and these big name preachers that be on TV. And he used to just let them have it. <laughs> and he was like a nobody as far as they concerned. You know, he used to just let them have it and call them out. That's why he wanted to kill them because he used to be showing them up all the time. But he said, listen, I come in my father's name and you receive me not. Let another come in his own name and him you will receive. So generally people take that to mean that he's saying he comes representing the Lord. He comes representing God, but he's literally comes in his father's name. So we still have that from a physical standpoint. When you have a child, the child takes on their father's name. That's typically how it goes. And then some, some smart aleck could come up and say, well, I'm a single mother. My kid took my, my name, not, not, their, not my baby daddy name. Okay, well, where you get your name from? Your daddy? So they took their grandfather's name. You understand what I'm saying? It's still, that's a typical thing that happens in the world. You understand that children come in their father's name. And so here's Yahshua, who's supposed to be the son of God. He takes his father's name. So now you see, there's no commonality on, between Lord God and Jesus Christ. In fact, this is a, like what I said before, this is English. God is, a, I'm sitting here pointing at it. I'm thinking you can see it. You can't see it. Lord is English. God is German. Christ is Hebrew, Greek. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Hindu, Greek, Latin, it's all kinds of stuff in Jesus Christ. And that's a mixed up family, you know what I'm saying? But here's Yahweh uh, and Yahshua. You see the commonality. You see the Y-A-H, Y-A-H. He comes in his father's name. Now, remember what we talked about, too, that Yahweh means he who exists, he who is, to exist, to be, right? So then here's Yahshua. Again, I said Hebrew names have meaning. So now, Yash, oh man, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to get it right on there. Yahshua, this name has a meaning. So this, these, I know I just messed that up and covered up the S, but S-H-U-A in the name Yahshua or Joshua, you understand? S-H-U-A in Hebrew, that, had, that has a meaning. It means deliverer or salvation you understand, or saves. So now we put these two meanings together. We already talked about Y-A-H. We got it right here, Aya Asha. I, I'm, I'm pointing stuff like you can see it, you can't see it. We got it right here, like Aya Asha, Aya. <clears throat> we know that that means to be, I will be, the to exist. So up here with Yahshua, you got to be, and then Shua means salvation, to be salvation, or to be a deliverer. His name means something. And so get that uh, scripture. You know what I'm talking about, uh, where uh, the angel gives the name. This name was given to Mary, the true name. And I'm not talking about Jesus. His true name, Yahshua, was given to Mary by an angel. It wasn't something that Mary and Joseph came up with. Read that real quick. I know I'm bouncing around. but That's Matthew 1 and 21. And she shall free, bring forth a son. Excuse me. And that this is this is the angel speaking to Mary. Oh, uh, to uh, I think it's to Joseph. You understand? Is Joseph tripping? Like, how my woman pregnant? We ain't did You know, saying tripping. <laughs> you understand? So then, uh, the angel come to him and say, "Chill out, relax, relax, relax." You understand? She's pregnant with of the Holy Spirit. You know, saying so she's blessed of all and all this kind of stuff, right? And then he says, "And she shall bring forth a son." Go ahead. 
and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Yahshua. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now you start to see how this go together? Because Yahshua means Yahweh is salvation. Jesus don't mean that. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why the name is important. And that's why we have to use the proper name. And it gives you a better understanding of the scriptures and what you're reading. You understand? So I'll show you uh, one quick thing, how that gives you a better understanding. And then I'll be done. Get me... Uh, no man has seen father, seen God at any time. Give me that. These are just practical things. And I'll let somebody else get into the deeper stuff. Get, I'll get, well, get Exodus first, you know, uh, oh. 24. Exodus 24, 1 and 9. Show it on chart two, please. Chart two? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. And Moses alone shall, Exodus 24 and 1. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto Yahweh, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near Yahweh, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And right, Moses. Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. And Moses came and told the people all the words of Yahweh and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which Yahweh hath said, will we do? Okay, jump down to nine. Ninth verse. And, excuse me, then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. We got that depicted on this chart right here. I had it circled it in yellow. You see... In this white portion, vision of Elohim in incorporeal form. So we have it depicted. It said, then went up Moses. We got Moses sitting there laying down right there. And Aaron, you see those three men on the cloud, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they did what? And they saw the Elohim of Israel. Right. Go ahead. And there was under his feet, and there was under his feet, as it were, paved work of a sapphire stone. Mm-hmm. And as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. Okay, now jump over. Jump over to the other one, please. You know, where uh, I think it's in John. Dr. Nelson, do you need me to get it? John 118. John 118, go ahead. Okay, I don't know if she left. I got it, uh, Dr. Lewis. That's okay. John 1 and 18. No man has seen Yah, excuse me, God at any time. Mm -hmm. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he have declared him. Now, wait a minute. Now, this is Jesus, too. Mm -hmm. Now, without the proper names in the Bible, you have the Bible contradicting itself. You have Jesus contradicting Moses, because Moses wrote what we're reading in Exodus. Then went up Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 other people. That's 74 people. And it says they saw God. Mm -hmm. Now you got Jesus over here saying no man has seen God. Why is it like that? Because they took the, the true names out. So now read these things real quick with the proper names reinserted. Exodus 24 and 9. 
Exodus. Back at Exodus, mm -hmm. Exodus 24 and 9. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. Right. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone. Mm -hmm. And as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. All right, John. John 1 and 18. Mm -hmm. Proper name. No man have seen the Father at any oh. time. Mm -hmm. Now that necessitated me. I, I was thinking I was going to be able to get down. I forgot. I got to explain this too. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the name chart too. So now, the tr understanding the true names also helps us understand the nature That's of right. our Creator. You see, and so there's a concept that is an erroneous concept that is in the world, and that is the concept of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. that God is three persons in one, three separate persons in one. So now is more properly, give me Deuteronomy six and four. Yahweh is a unity. You mm -hmm. understand? He is not three separate people up there that all get together and agree as a council. You understand? Uh, yeah. Go ahead and read that real quick. That's Deuteronomy six and four. Uh-huh. Six and four. Hear, O Israel, right. Yahweh thy Elohim is Yahweh a unity. Right. Who's re who's speaking? Who are they speaking to? This is Yahweh himself speaking to Israel. And he says as a declaration, hear, O Israel. Say it again. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh thy Elohim is Yahweh a unity. Unity. Not three. Not uh you understand a council. All right. So where did this idea of a trinity come from? So now uh get me uh first John five and seven. I think it's five and seven, right? Mm -hmm. Try that. The first John five and seven. Yeah. That's first John five and seven. For there are three that bear record in heaven, uh -huh. the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Right. And these three are one. Right. Now, and there are that's what the Bible says about it, that these three are one. Now, if you can get, if you can Google it, you might not be able to find it. Do you, or maybe you got a copy of it already, Lord, the shield of the Trinity. You know, God is, God is not. Yeah, I might have a copy of it. Yeah, so I want to just show, show the concept of the Trinity. Now, first and foremost, and I know Dr. Ed, you will know the exact date. The concept of the Trinity is not that old. <laughs> it's not that old. There was a, was it the Council of Trent, Ed? Council of Nicaea? Well, I know if he, uh, he, he'll let us know. Council of Nicaea. The Council of Nicaea. You understand where this was a council of the Catholic Church. You understand they come up trying to explain things they couldn't explain. Mm -hmm. Was God is it three of them? Is it one? Because then Jesus is praying to the Father, and we don't understand. This, one of my points is that this is men came up with this because they couldn't understand. First of all, they're not using the right names. You understand that that helps our understanding. So this is what they come up with the idea of the Trinity. You understand? So and this is what they call the shield of the Trinity or whatever it's called. Yeah. So it says here, you got the father. We just read that. There are three to bear reckoning in heaven. The father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. So they're trying to explain their concept of the Trinity. Let's, let's, let me make this statement too. The word Trinity is not in the Bible at all. Right. Not in the text of the Bible. It might be in your footnotes. In the text, not one time does anybody say Trinity. That's right. You understand? Now we just read where it says unity or it says one. You understand? But so this is what their explanation is. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you see in the center, you got God. So God is the Father. God is the Son. God is the Holy Spirit. But the Father is not the Son, is not the Holy First of all, that don't even make sense. <laughs> you understand? Mm -hmm. You see that what they're doing is uh, they're, they're double talking. You understand? They're saying this, they're answering the question with the, I don't know. It don't make sense. You mm -hmm. understand? But now through a vision, that's the thing. I mean, we're not down in the church world. These things, nobody would understand is if uh, Yahweh didn't give a man a vision. Uh, go back to the chart, please, the name chart. Nobody, no man would understand this if Yahweh didn't give a man a vision. You understand? And that's what Yahweh did, our creator. You read your Bible. Your Bible is a collection of visions that men wrote down. We're not making this up. And I would be skeptical, too, if I'm hearing this for the first time and somebody said, uh, I come into this school and they say, well, this school is established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder. I say, wait a minute. You telling me some man, God spoke to some man and y'all worshiping this man and all this stuff. See, I'd be skeptical about that. I think that's the proper mindset to have. Be skeptical when you hear things like that. But now give us an opportunity to prove that to you and show you how the visions and revelations are not that uncommon. You understand? So now, you know, as I said, your Bible is a collection of visions and revelations. Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Bible, you understand? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He had a vision. We just showed it. I know I'm working you, Lori. Go back to the Moses chart. We just showed. Matter of fact, we just read what we're talking about. Then went up Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders, and they saw the God of Israel. That was a vision. Moses went up and had three visions. He went up into the mountain and had three visions. You understand? And Yahweh told him to write the things that he saw in the vision. You understand? So then you get the, the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, all of whom, as I said before, come in the name of Yahweh or have a portion of that name in there. Isaiah, Jeremiah, you see, not Jeremiah Lord, not Isaiah Lord. You see, these are just common things that ought to make you stop and think like, wait a minute, that kind of makes sense. I got a uh, Schofield reference Bible. I ain't about to pull out a whole lot of them. But in the back of it, it's got a dictionary of proper names. And you can go through and find all the names, what they all mean. And you see, you know, I'm trying to find out. Here we go. See what these names are. Let me see. Let's see what Isaiah is. These are the, Isaiah is considered a major prophet. Isaiah means salvation of Yahweh. That's that Yah, that I-A-H, Isaiah. Jeremiah, what does that mean? Let's see if I can find that real quick without taking too long. Jeremiah, whom Yahweh has appointed. So as I said, we go through even the name Michael. Mike, Mike that's Cuzzo. That's Cuz. What up, Cuz? Mike's name has, has that meaning. You understand? Where is it at? Uh, they got, well, where is it at? Anyway, I can't find it in here. My God, where is it? Anyway, oh, I'm sorry, there it is. 
who is like unto God or Elohim? Mike L. That's that E-L. You understand? So anyway, I, I just took that little detour about those names. Go back to the name chart real quick. Okay. I see the five-minute bell. Okay. So now, Yahweh, and we're talking about his nature, his supernal nature, or what's uh, commonly called the Godhead. You understand? So Yahweh, oh man, Yahweh has different states of existence, and he is able to change his states of existence. And that's why people can't explain it, because they did without a vision, you wouldn't understand that. So here's Yahweh, the Father. As Yahshua said, we just read, he said, no man has seen the Father at any time. That is Yahweh in his high and lofty state. You see here, Yahweh, Father. Yeah, we have it down there. Yahweh is spirit, substance, essence, formless, invisible. No man seen that at any time. You understand? But Yahweh has the ability to change his state. So he takes on a shape and form. And that's what we talk about in the moderation of this school, the introduction you hear every class. You understand? He's able to take on a shape and a form. That is that same Yahweh. See, that's the same Yahweh, but then he is known as Yahweh Elohim. And you'll see when you see in your Bible, the Lord God, that should be Yahweh Elohim. You understand? Okay. Yahweh Elohim. That's Yahweh in a super incorporeal shape and form. Or super incorporeal just incorporeal means without the body. You understand? Not physical. Super incorporeal. So angels are incorporeal. Super incorporeal. He's above the angels. You understand? He's more glorious than the angels. That's all that means. You understand? Without a physical body. You see, so that's still Yahweh, but now he's in this shape and form and able to take on uh, shape. And so that's what we read in Exodus. That's what they saw. 74 men saw Yahweh in that state. They didn't see him as the father. No man has seen that. You see, and then later, well, I'll let somebody else go into this. That same spirit who was invisible at this number one, pure spirit, and moves into super incorporeal form at number two, that same spirit can take on a physical body and he did do that and walked amongst the earth amongst his own creatures as Yahshua the Messiah and listen let his creatures put him on a cross <laughs> you understand <laughs> you see and he put witnesses of that and I don't have time to go through but he put witnesses that listen in the earth plane I'll let somebody else get into it but something as common as water and how water works is a witness to what I just said about Yahweh having those states of existence and able to take on shape and form and move back and forth. You understand? That's God. Me and you can't do that, but that's what God can do. He can change states. You understand? So there, and he, he got witnesses, and you got witnesses in the scripture where Yahshua says who he is. He says that I am, I am the Father in one. I, me and the Father are one. And oftentimes he, he said it more than once, and they wanted to kill him then and there when he said stuff like that. They said it, and if you read it, I'll forget where it's at, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, whatever. And, and he, he, they took up stones to stone him. He said, many good deeds have I done. For which of these do you stone me? And they said, we don't stone you because you did a good deed. We stone you because you being a man, make yourself God. They knew what he was saying. But see, now we get down to here, and we don't want to, uh, you know, oh, no, God, Jesus wasn't saying that he was God. Oh, yeah, no. That's exactly what he was saying. They knew it. That's why they tried to kill him for it. You understand? So anyway, I hope that that made some kind of sense. I didn't expect to get called on. We're always happy to have visitors and, you know, that's somebody that's special to me. So I'm glad to see you here. And I hope that uh, you'll come back and join with us and 
bring you questions and hopefully I know that Yahweh can through somebody in this school will answer it. Uh, with that, I'll say our praise to Yahshua and hallelujah. 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 Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. We appreciate that. And for our next speaker of the afternoon, we're happy to call also from our Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Rhonda Brazil. Dr. Brazil? Good morning to the class. Good morning. And um, okay. Can everyone hear me? Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. I am um, always happy and glad to have anything to relay about Yahweh because I realized that if He had not allowed for me to come into this teaching then I would not know anything about Yahweh. Um, the previous speaker laid an excellent foundation. We're gonna keep going right where he left off and the point that he left off with about the unity of the spirit and using the scriptures to show that Yahweh did express that he, the father, could take on a superincorporeal form, as he explained on that chart that depicts what our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, saw in the vision. Yahweh had to come and explain that to us for us to understand anything about it. On this chart, as he already went through, that cloud that surrounds that entire chart is depicting Yahweh in his pure spirit state. Yahweh has the capability and power of coming from that pure spirit state into a shape and form that is seen in visions and revelations, commonly known as Yahweh Elohim or the word. So let's get that particular point. And I think it may have already been rehearsed, but let's do it again. Let's go get uh, Numbers 12 and 6, and let's get Isaiah 1 and 1, Jeremiah 2 and 1, and Ezekiel, I think it is, 1 and 1, or 1 that's, and 4. That's Numbers 12 and 6. Yeah. And he said, hear now my words. Mm -hmm. If there be a prophet among you, I, Yahweh, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Yes, so here Yahweh is talking, as the previous speaker made the point, we want to understand exactly who's talking, who he's talking to, and what he's talking about, when it is that he's talking. This is after the children of Israel have come up out of Egypt. He gathered them around the mountain and spoke down to them the law, and they began to, um, they were beginning to become rebellious and what this particular topic that we're talking about here in exodus i'm sorry numbers to 12 chapters about is that moses brother and sister started to question his authority and said to him now does yahweh only speak to you aren't we all <laughs> then yahweh you know and they said 
Moses fell on his face because at this point in time, he's understood some things and he's not the rile up person that he used to be. And so now Yahweh is the one that called them together, called them out. And he said, you three, come here for a minute, Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. And he's going to set the record straight. And this is where you hear Yahweh saying, read Yahweh saying, can you read that again? Yes. Numbers 12 and 6. And he mm -hmm. said, hear now my words. Mm -hmm. If there be a prophet among you, mm -hmm. I, Yahweh, will make myself known unto him in mm -hmm. a vision and mm -hmm. will speak unto him in a dream. Now, if there's any prophet that's going to say anything, Yahweh himself is going to appear to him in a vision and in a dream. I'm going to come back to this, but let's go verify that in Isaiah 1 and 1. Isaiah was a prophet. Let's see what he said happened to him. Isaiah 1 and 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, mm -hmm. which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the mm -hmm. days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Keep reading. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For mm -hmm. Yahweh has spoken. Oh, I have and now, see, now you see that? He spoke to Isaiah in a, in a vision, mm -hmm. like he said he did back there in Numbers. Now go get uh, Jeremiah 2 and 1. Jeremiah 2 and 1. Right. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anoth, in the land of Benjamin. Mm -hmm. To whom the word of Yahweh came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. And now that here. Yeah, that's the shape and form that Yahweh appears in, known as the word. The mm -hmm. word of Yahweh came to him in these in this particular time, in the times of these kings. Keep reading a little bit, Dr. Lewis. Mm -hmm. In the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Joachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth year. Then the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in thy belly, I knew thee. Now look at that. <laughs> Yahweh know who you are. And he came to Jeremiah in a vision as well as the word telling him this and what he goes on to tell jeremiah i made you a prophet to go and speak unto the children of israel those things that i will have you to say mm -hmm. now i want to go back to numbers 12 and 6 and i want to pick up right where we left off because we were talking about how yahweh who has the power to come from a pure spirit state that you can't see him in to a shape and a form or a, a, in a in a in a form where you can see him in visions and revelations known as the word of Yahweh or Elohim. Both of them are the same thing or the son. He's the word or son in that state and condition because he's the first begotten of the father. He's the one that Yahweh created first and in any state and condition after that, it was in that state and condition as Yahweh Elohim that super incorporate form that he did any further creating. So being the first begotten of the father, he is the son or the offspring. 
He's the word. You understand the one that Yahweh is using to express anything. He is Yahweh in that degree or in that capacity. He is Yahweh. He's the same oneness and pure spirit, but he is functioning and operating in this shape and form in visions and revelations to his patriarchs, prophets, or whoever he wants to speak to. And as the creator of heaven and earth, the yes. first begotten of the father. Mm -hmm. So I want to go back to numbers 12 and six, because that's not the only state that Yahweh can exist in, that mm -hmm. super incorporeal state doing that. He can come all the way down to physical form. Yes, and walk around this earth plane and drive a car and have clothes on the job and look just like you and me. Mm -hmm. And he's the creator of heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. Now we've met such a person. That's right. And we know such a thing to be true with Yahweh right now. See, these things are not pretty Bible stories back there in, in the in the sweet by and by. Uh-uh. This is right now very current what's going on with you today. The only way any of us have known anything about our heavenly father is that Yahweh himself had to manifest in this earth plane yet again to tell us something about it. And that's what's happened. That's how these schools got set up. Yahweh himself set up these schools. And we are not preaching some man's concept about things. That's We're true. preaching what Yahweh himself directly said. Now he always did it that way. Now here back here with Moses, let's go back, Numbers 12 and six. Let's read that again. Mm -hmm. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I Yahweh will make myself known unto him in a vision and I will speak unto him in a dream. Uh-huh. My servant Moses is not so. Oh no, is wait a minute. He said, I'm going to speak to a prophet in a vision and dream, but Moses is not so. Mm -hmm. That's not what I did with Moses, though. <laughs> now, we don't have to understand something. Keep reading. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of Yahweh shall he behold. Now look. <laughs> now, look at that. He said, now, remember, their challenge was, now, Moses, having Yahweh spoke to all of us and this and that and other. Mm -hmm. He told them, if there be a prophet among you, I will speak to him in a vision. But Moses is not so. Mm -hmm. With him, I speak apparently. Mm -hmm. You understand? What happened was exactly what Yahweh has described himself to be. The ability to come down out of that pure spirit state into shape and form that's seen in visions, Moses sure did have a vision. But what Moses also did was experience knowing Yahweh face to face that's in right. physical form. Yahweh himself manifested with the children of Israel back there in physical form. Right. He was walking around in the earth plane with Moses back there in physical form. And that's what he's saying to them. And Moses, and it's another place, and you got to find this for me because we got to read this. We got to let people know we ain't making this up off the top of our head. This is in the scriptures. We want you to, I want you to find where he says, I speak to him face to face as a, a man speaking to a friend. That's also back there in scriptures with Moses. You understand? Mm -hmm. Yahweh manifested himself. Go ahead and read it. 
Are you asking about your numbers? Yeah, I'll go ahead and read where you find him talking face to face, even if, uh, as a man speaking to his friend. When, when oh, I'm sorry. Started. It's the 33rd chapter of Exodus. Okay, thank you. This is still dealing with Moses and the experience with the children of Israel. That's Exodus 33 and 11. Thank you. And Yahweh spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Now, he just told you back there, or in Numbers, Numbers is actually chronologically after this in Exodus, where he's writing in Numbers. It's all going, it's all taking place during the 40 years there in the wilderness. But here, he is saying that Yahweh speaketh to Moses face to face. Now, what are you talking about? He actually appeared in physical form talking to Moses. And he appeared to Moses in a vision, a vision on the mountain the first time, as the previous speaker talked to you about. He appeared to Moses in the bush, in the burning bush. And let's go pick that up one more time. He had that Exodus third chapter. Let's pull out that in Exodus third chapter where he tells or gives Moses a clue about that. Go into Exodus 3 and I guess let's start at, uh, we might as well do three and one. That's Exodus, Exodus 3. three. <laughs> Not everybody at the same time. Go ahead, Lauren. Exodus 3 and one. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of Elohim, even to Horeb. And the angel of Yahweh appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. Mm -hmm. And when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see, Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the bush. Now you see that that's Elohim in a vision, right? That's that visionary shape and form. Yahweh, who is pure spirit, knows all things, is omnipresent, omnipotent. And as that cloud depicts on this chart, you live, move, and have your being within Yahweh. Never have been outside of Yahweh. Well, now here, He's appearing to Moses in a vision. So that's that Elohim form. That's the angel of Yahweh. It, that's Elohim appearing unto him. But go ahead and read. And when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see, Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where on thy standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the Elohim of thy father, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon Elohim. And Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. Now, when we read that in our previous Christian affiliations without a divine vision and revelation, we thought that Yahweh is saying he understands what's going on because he's up there in the sun, moon, and stars, and he's mm -hmm. looking down and he can see all this is happening to his people in Egypt. Mm -hmm. That's what we thought. Mm -hmm. But that's not what he's saying to Moses here. Now understanding that Yahweh has the power to manifest 
in all three states of existence at the same time as you are already reading here in this scripture. Yahweh, who is pure spirit, saw Elohim, who's called. So he was Elohim while he was still Yahweh. And he's depicting and telling Moses that I've seen what's been going on down in Egypt. Not because I'm up, up in the sun, moon, and stars, but because I'm right there in Egypt with them. That's right. He's appeared in physical form down there in Egypt. Now, yeah. listen to the clue he gives. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and unto a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, stop there. He said, I am come down. Mm -hmm. Come down from where? Where you coming from? They're coming all the way from pure spirit down into shape and form, down into physical form. He's come down out of the high and lofty heavenly state and is appearing in physical form right down there in Egypt mm -hmm. and projecting himself to Moses in a vision right here at this burning bush. Now skip over the Hittites and the Emizites. Skip over to where he gives the instruction of Moses, what he going to do, what Moses has to do. That's yes, verse. Uh-huh. Come now, therefore. Now, wait a minute. See, we were people out there in the world just reading whatever, not understanding. Now, if God is in the bush, if Yahweh's in the bush, and he's up in heaven looking down, when he tell Moses, now go into Egypt, Moses. Mm -hmm. We didn't think nothing about it either till Yahweh gave us sight to see what was written there. He said, come now, therefore. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I'm already in Egypt, Moses. You're out there in the wilderness of Sinai. You come to me mm -hmm. down here in Egypt and I will send you to Pharaoh. Now there he gonna send. When you get to Egypt, then he gonna send. He ain't sending you from the bush down. Go down, Moses. Now you got the song that says, go down. Right. <laughs> song is wrong. He said, come down. You understand? Now, if I'm over here at my house and Lauren's at her house, I was like, Lauren, come on over. Right? Because I'm here at my house. You at your house. And she has to travel to me. That's come. Right. So that's what Yahweh is saying to him here. Like he said to them when he was in speaking to Aaron and Miriam in Numbers 12 and 6. He's saying, I have not done so with Moses. I've talked to him face to face. Even apparently in my similitude, he's beheld. He was talking right with Moses. There's this one that's in Egypt that you don't even read about until they get back up out. And that's the name of Oshia down there in Egypt. I want you to get numbers 13 and uh, six. I think it is 13 and six. That's numbers 13 and six. Uh-huh. Of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephuda. Of the tribe of Issachar, Igil, the son of Joseph. Right. Of the tribe of Ephraim, Oshia, the son of Nun. Now see, Ephraim, Oshia, the son of Nun. Now read on what he said about Oshia. 
of the tribe of Benjamin, Pouty, the son of Rapu. Go down to the 16th verse, I think. Okay. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. Now, and this Mo is after they come up out of Egypt. These ones that he's selecting are the ones that they're going to go over into Canaan land and look and see what land it is that they're in it to inherit it. There's one amongst them named Oshia, the son of Nun. And he's sending this one, Oshia, along with all the other elders or uh, heads of the, uh, the tribes that he's sending over there. Now he's about to describe something about this Oshia. Go ahead and read. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. Mm -hmm. And Moses called Oshia, the son of Nun, Yehoshua. Now his name is going to be Yehoshua or Yahashua or Yahshua. That's right. The one that we typically call Joshua mm -hmm. was back there with Moses, with the children of Israel in Egypt, coming out of the land of Egypt with them. Yahshua. Now, see, you would never connect that up and couldn't in a million years when you're using the erroneous name, Jesus Christ. That's right. But the Bible theologians saw it in there. The Bible theologians saw that connection when they hid that name Yahshua and put in Jesus instead. Go over to Hebrews um, 4. Yeah, he was the fourth chapter. Let's do Hebrews 4 and 1. Hebrews 4 and 1. Now, this is over here in your New Testament portion of the Bible. This is Paul writing to the Hebrews about this. Go ahead and read. Let us therefore fear, lest they promise being left us of entering into his rest. In they are analogizing, if you will. I'm sorry, Dr. Lewis. And I'm sorry the scripture readers. I will interrupt you. Um, and we'll pick it back up to continue that train of thought properly. But here, this is Paul writing to them about what transpired back in their history. Those children of Israel are the Hebrews that he's talking to. That's the ones that he's writing to now, their progeny, their offspring, their generations later. And he's describing to them what happened back when they were with Moses. You understand? They were going to inherit Canaan land. And they inherited Canaan land and were resting in their inheritance after many wars and conquering the various nations in Canaan land and taking their land and taking their homes. And that's what Yahweh said, I'm gonna give you this land. So when you go back and you read about this conquering, guess who the captain was? Joshua, that's right. He was the one that was the one fighting on in those nations up there. He was fighting in the wilderness before that. You understand? And he was the one that parceled out everybody's inheritance. Now here, this is Paul. He's looking back. He's telling the Hebrews what all that stuff meant. That Canaan land was likened unto inheriting heaven. And he's describing to them in the Hebrews. That's Hebrews who he's writing to. Go ahead and read, Dr. Um, Lewis. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Mm -hmm. 
for we which have believed do enter into rest. As uh -huh. he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if ye shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And Elohim did rest the seventh day from all his works. Uh -huh. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached enter not in because of unbelief. What is he talking about? Mm -hmm. When you go back there in the children of Israel, you find that there were those that did not, when they sent over those spies that we read about in Numbers 13, mm -hmm. two came back with a true report. Yahshua, mm -hmm. who you call Joshua, and Caleb said right. that the land is great and we can take it. But 10 of them, of the children of Israel, who knew that Yahweh had promised that land to them, they come back saying, oh no, we can't take that land. They're giants in that land. They're really big people. We're scared and we were little to them. And even in our own eyes, we were as grasshoppers. And they whining about that. Now Yahweh done promised the land to them. So you had Joshua and Caleb speaking in faith that Yahweh gave us the land. Let's up, let's okay. take it. And they even re, they respond to their fears and their doubts by saying that Yahweh gave us the land. He'll fight for us. Let's go. Right. They said, no, 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 we can't do it. And so what Yahweh did is because they did that, as they were 40 days looking at that land, he said, now you're not going to go over there. Because of your unbelief, you're going to die in this wilderness. I'm going to keep you here 40 years, a day for a year. For every mm -hmm. time you were over there and spying out that land, now you don't believe me. For 40 years, you're going to wander in this wilderness, and every single one of you to doubt me will die. Mm. Now, ain't that something? Now, this is what Paul is writing about. They didn't enter into their inheritance, or they didn't get to rest in the land from all they bondage they had in Egypt and all the fighting they did to get through there. They didn't get to rest because they did not believe. They died instead. That's what he's talking about in Hebrews. Go back and read it. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limits a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For mm -hmm. if Yahshua had given them rest, no, then would he you gotta not... read that King James Version. What is that? Out of the King James Version, eighth mm -hmm. verse. For if Jesus had given them rest. Now look at that. They mm -hmm. identified Jesus as the one back there. Mm -hmm. Remember, we talked about them back there with the children of Israel. That's what he's talking about telling them what that stuff meant. So if Jesus is back there, now she read the name Yahshua because that's what it is when you go in the margin translate where it has Jesus right there. It has a letter and it take you to the margin translate it says Joshua. Mm. So they're identifying Jesus as Joshua back there. Now they're not the only ones that did that. He himself identified himself back there. Go to where Jesus said, he was with Moses in John 5 and 43. That's John 5 and 43. Mm -hmm. I am come in my father's name and ye receive me not. 
If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe? How can ye believe which receiveth honor one of another? And seek not the honor that cometh from Yahweh only. Mm -hmm. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me. For he wrote of me. Now, Moses wrote about Jesus. This mm -hmm. is in your King James Version. Jesus in red letters is saying this. Mm -hmm. And you don't read nothing about a Jesus back there with Moses. Right. That's because you got the wrong name. Okay. That's the clue in that the Bible theologians said over there in Hebrews. That that one that was back there named Joshua is the same one you got over here you calling Jesus. That's who Moses wrote about was Joshua or Yahshua. He wrote in the law with him, this one named Joshua. Now let's go pinpoint something right quick. Um, the Messiah is saying this here that Moses wrote about him. There's another place where the Messiah even said, now Abraham saw my day and was glad. They said, wait a minute. How are you talking about Abraham? You ain't even 50 years old yet. Abraham's been dead. He said, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> right? Oh. He's the creator of heaven and earth. Not God's little boy. He's Yahweh himself manifest in physical form. So let's go back for a minute. And um, let's look at what um, happened with this one Yahshua with Moses that he writes about. I want you to go to Exodus 24 and 1, and we're going to read 1 through, I think, 13. So you can read rather quickly. Exodus 24 and 1. Mm -hmm. And he said unto Moses, come up unto Yahweh thou and Aaron. Nadab There's that come Moses. again. There's okay. that coming again. You see, he's up there in the mount. He's asking you to come up there. <laughs> you mm -hmm. see, he's already there. But read on. And he said unto Moses, come up unto Yahweh, thou and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near Yahweh, but they shall not come nigh. Neither okay, shall now the wait. People. Now wait, let's 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 make sure we got the list of attendees right. You know how you get into that special party, you better be on the list. So here oh. Yahweh's invited them up there. Now let's see who's on the list. Let's Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abayu. Aaron is the dad, Nadab and Abayu are two brothers, his sons. And 70 elders. Elders mean they are the leader, they're the, the old ones, the elders. You understand? 70 elders. Did everybody get straight who's on the mountain? Moses, Aaron, his brother, Nadab and Abihu, his two sons who are the low priests, or going to be the low priests, and then uh, the 70 elders. Those are the ones that are invited. And he said, now Moses alone shall come up near me. Is that right? Is that what you read, Dr. Lewis? Mm -hmm. Okay, so now keep reading where you just left off. And Moses alone shall come near Yahweh but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of Yahweh and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which Yahweh have said, will we do? 
And Moses wrote all the words of Yahweh and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto Yahweh. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read it in the audience of the people. And he said, all that Yahweh has said, will we do and be obedient? And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which Yahweh hath made with you concerning all these things, all these words, excuse me. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. Now those were the invitees. So that's the ones that are going up there, right? Go ahead. <laughs> And they saw the Elohim of Israel, and they were under his feet as it were a pavework of a sapphire stone, and as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also they saw Elohim and did eat and drink. And Yahweh said unto Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there. And I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments, which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up and his minister, Joshua. Stop. And Moses went up. Wait a minute. Where'd Joshua come from? <laughs> we ain't read him in the list of invitees. We ain't read That's him right. among the young people. We ain't read him. And now all of a sudden, Joshua's there. <laughs> we said Moses wrote of him, right? Mm -hmm. that's this one that's back here now let's go back to that analogy that i talked about lauren's at her house and i'm at my house and i asked lauren why don't you come on over and visit and i just want you to come by yourself take madison to the babysitter i just want you to come me and you will have a girl's night and have drinks and if i say to lauren now i'm gonna come get you i'm gonna pick you up and I go to Lauren's house and I pick her up and bring her to my house. Has she come alone? Yes. But the one that invited her, me, I'm the one that went and got her, right? That's what you got going on. And we didn't know nothing about this till this divine vision and revelation pointed out that Joshua was even mentioned there in the first place. We didn't read nothing about Joshua on the list of invitees, but he said to Moses, just like he said to Moses when he was at that burning bush, come to me. Mm. <laughs> he already up there. Right. Why? Because he's the one that invited him. He's Yahweh manifesting physical form. And you read that Yahweh said, this is what you do. Come up to me. So here he is appearing right there in the mount with them, taking Moses up there because he's the one that invited him. Right. Now, we didn't know nothing about that, nor did we know that this is repeated with the one that's called Joshua or Yahshua over here with Miriam, born of the Virgin Mary. The same one that's Yahshua over here with Peter, James, and John, as you see on this chart, called the Mount of Transfiguration. That's what it's called in your Bible. In your King James Bible, if you got a headings in your Bible, it says Mount Transfiguration on it. And what happens is, is that, and we just go ahead and read it, Matthew, what is it, 17 and 1? Mm -hmm. 
That's After Matthew. Today. Yep. That's Matthew 17 and 1. After six days, Yahshua taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Mm-hmm. And was trans. Okay, I just want to point this out because we got another list of invitees here. Right. So you got Peter. Peter is the elder. James and John are two brothers, just like Aaron was the elder. And Nadab and Abihu were two brothers. So here they're being taken up in a mount apart after six days. Now just hold it right there. This is too pretty to miss. Yes. Go over to Exodus. I want you to go to Exodus. Is it 24 and 16? Is that where it is? How long that cloud abode upon the mountain? Uh, yep. Exodus 24 and 16. Uh -huh. uh, Exodus 24 and 15. Mm -hmm. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount, and the glory of Yahweh abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. Now, that's why over here in Matthew, he has to take them up after six days, because mm -hmm. that's what happened back there with Moses. Now, let's go back over to Matthew 17 and read what happened. Mm -hmm. This is Yahshua taking up Peter the elder and two brothers after six days. And what happens when he's mm -hmm. up there? And bringeth them up into a high mountain apart mm -hmm. and was transfigured before them. He transfigured. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Keep reading. And his face did shine as the sun. Oh. And his... Go ahead. <laughs> and his raiment was white as the light. Uh-huh. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah, Elias talking with them. Now, why does there have to be his raiment shining like the light? Because when he was back there with Moses and took Moses up on that mount, he went right back into his super corporal state. And that's what he showed them. He was transfigured before Moses back there. So he's transfiguring in front of Peter, James, and John over here. And look who's with him, Moses. Ain't that something? Because it's the same Yahshua that was back there with Moses. And they're sitting there talking to him. Now, there's a different scripture. And you can come back or you can uh, ask me after this class where it is. But in the, another recitation of this same event, it's, I don't think it's in this one, but another recitation, Peter hears the conversation that he's having with Moses and Elijah. And he says, oh, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles. What you talking about tabernacles for? Mm -hmm. Because he's hearing the same conversation that Yahshua who's Joshua, the son of Nun, took Moses up on that mount, as you see back here on this chart in Mount Sinai, he showed Moses a vision of the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about the same thing with Moses over here with Peter, James, and John, having the same conversation. Peter hears it and said, let's build three tabernacles. And Yahweh just got to tell Peter, now you pipe down, Peter, just listen to what my son's saying. You ain't got nothing to do. <laughs> That's the fourth verse. Okay, that's in that Matthew 17 and 4. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, read it. Then answered Peter and said unto Yahshua, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. If thou will, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. 
<laughs> he told you to build. He told Moses to build the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. He's showing them that conversation in fulfillment. He's fulfilling the scriptures, doing the same thing with them that he did back there with Moses. But they're not going to build no tabernacle. That's not what he's there for. He's not there to institute anything. He's there to fulfill. So that's another clue that that self same one is walking around with uh, Miriam and Peter, James, and John and all the apostles is a very self same one that was back there, Yahweh in physical form. Now he said that that's who he was over there. And we're not going to get the scriptures because we um, we're running out of time, but you write them down. This is a school. You go back and read them yourself in John 14 chapter 14 and one through seven, where he's saying to them, you understand, not to be troubled that he's got to go away and be killed and you will raise the third day. He's told them that these things must happen. Mm-hmm. You understand, you believe in Yahweh, believe also in him. And he and know that he's going away to prepare a place for you, you understand? And he said, now when you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Now you don't know, you know the way that I'm going, and you know, he said, well, show us the father. This is one of the disciples said. And he said to them, Thomas, have I been so long time with you? You don't know me. When you see me, you see the father. I am the father manifest in physical form. You're looking right at the father when you see me. Okay. That's what he tells Thomas. And as the previous speaker made mention of when he told the scribes and Pharisees, when they were telling him and he was telling them that he and their, his father were one, they wanted to stole him because he was saying they were one and the same. And he told them that too, that he was one with his father. Now, after Yahshua's death, burial, resurrection, to show you that that is what he was telling them, the apostles went out preaching to the Gentiles and the nations. And this is what they said about him. Go to Timothy. Um, 3 and 16, I think it's 1 Timothy, without controversy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These That's are the first, now, read on. 1 Timothy 3 and 16, uh-huh. and without controversy, great is the mystery of holiness. Mm-hmm. Yahweh was manifest in the flesh. Yeah. Just a- now you see that? Yahweh was manifest in the flesh. He's describing what happened to him when he was manifest in the flesh. Read on. Justified in the spirit. Uh-huh. Seen of angels. Uh-huh. Preached unto the Gentiles. Right. Believed on in the world. And now received up world, unto glory. The world talks about being Jesus Christ is believed on in the world. Well, Paul is describing him as Yahweh manifest in physical form. Uh-huh. Now go back over to see what um, uh, Paul is also describing about what happened back there with the children of Israel in 1 Corinthians 10th chapter. 1 Corinthians 10 and 1. Moreover, brethren, excuse me, moreover, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Mm-hmm. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. No, we do understand we talk about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, passing through the Red Sea, right? Mm-hmm. That's all our fathers, those are Jews back there with Moses. Keep reading. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. 
and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was the Messiah. Now, in other Bibles, it said that rock that went with them or right. rock that led them. And mm -hmm. that rock was, and if you read in your King James Version, it says that rock was Christ. Mm -hmm. Back there with them, mm -hmm. leading them out of Egypt. And see, you couldn't put that together without the true name, Yahshua. That's who Moses wrote about, Yahshua. He called Oshia Yahashua. That's who was back there with him. Mm -hmm. And that's who led them out. Now, this is an important point about where you are right now today. This is current events, folks, right now, what we're reading about, about recognizing who it is that brought you up out. What we all have come to understand is that Yahweh himself had to come get us out of Egypt. We were psychologically and spiritually in Egypt. It may still be under some kind of concept, doctrine, darkness, or confusion about our Heavenly Father. That's Egypt. That's what that typical land of Egypt was like with those children of Israel in bondage to Pharaoh down there. Pharaoh is likened unto the devil, the beast man of sin. Egypt is likened unto the world with its many gods and many edifices. And they were building, they were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, building his treasure cities. That's what it's like in this material world today. You just working yourself to death for some kind of treasures, right? And then doing nothing but making the man more rich. <laughs> I'm sitting here scratching my head about Bitcoin. Are you serious? <laughs> Bitcoin, just making people rich, just building treasure cities. You understand? That's all right. kind of stuff. Abu Dhabi and all that. You understand? That's what this world is like. Many different guys, many different ideas. Go to the church of your choice, whichever one on whatever corner. You understand what I'm saying? That's the same state and condition that they were in Egypt. And Yahweh had to come down and get you. He had to come down and get them, right? That's so right. He had to come get you. And that's when somebody, listen, he walked up to you in physical form, folks. So now, do you, did you know that your heavenly father's name was Yahweh? And you thought that was your friend. You thought that was your cousin. You thought that was your mother. You thought that was, you understand? But that was Yahweh coming to you. You understand? to get you up out of Egypt. And those of us that heard him, you see, just like these children of Israel, thank you, I see your five minute bell. Just like these children of Israel had to hear Moses and they had to follow Yahshua. He has lifted us up out of that darkness. Now, what we've gone into for this, this time that we've had with, uh, <clears throat> with you today, you have never heard these things in any other Christian or any Christian affiliation, any other religious idea, there ain't a book in the library you can get that would explain to you that Yahshua was back there, the one the world calls Jesus was back there with Moses. That's right. Nobody has ever said anything like that. But if they did ever say anything like that, they got it from this school. That's and right. the way we got it is because Yahweh himself came down and got us and told us what his purpose was and lifted us up out of that darkness in Egypt. And as we have been traveling through this life, now under understanding of Yahweh Elohim, he's done the same thing with us 
that he did with Moses and the children of Israel back there. Those children of Israel had to be gone. They had to go up on a mountain. You understand? They had to be elevated and they had to see Elohim. And that's what's happened to us right now, present day, current, present tense. We have seen visions of Elohim. That's what we're looking at when we look at these charts. This is Elohim depicted, and that's what it says on the chart. It says panoramic vision of Elohim. Mm -hmm. It says vision of Elohim in incorporeal form. And over there with John on the outpatments, it says panoramic vision of Elohim. Well, guess what you better have? That's you right. better also have a vision of Elohim and see him right within the confines of your consciousness. In other words, when you're looking at these things and Yahweh's allowing you to understand everything, anything that he's saying, you're receiving a revelation after a vision of Elohim. That's right. You're seeing what he's saying when you see that he is not three different distinct individuals, but one spirit with the power of transmutation. That's a vision you're having. And when he allows you to get it, when he shows you that there are examples Listen, you are walking around example of that. There was a time where you existed as nothing but the sexual secretions from your mother and father laid down within it, these cells, you understand? And that spermazoid fluid that had to penetrate that ovum, be buried in your mother's womb and come forth nine months later mm. as you. You mm. came from a, a, without shape and form into shape and form and manifest in the flesh. You did that because he did it first and he made the creation to testify to him. Now you've never heard anything like that in any affiliation that you've been in because that's Yahweh that's describing himself to you. And when he does that, and once you come to understand who it really is that has been doing these things, just as Joshua, the son of Nun took those elders and gathered them together and told them, thus saith Yahweh. And he goes through, this is in, this is in uh, Exodus, the 34th chapter. And he starts describing to them what Yahweh said. But then he changes tenses. And he says, now I'm the one that took you, your fathers from before the flood. And I brought you up and I delivered you. Hey, Wait a minute, I thought you were talking about Yahweh. Well, that's who's talking to you. That's Yahweh and manifesting in physical form that's saying that to you. And that's what we all have come and will come to realize is that it is Yahshua. It is Yahweh manifest to us directly that has done these things. Mm -hmm. I hope you come back and study again with us because that knowledge and understanding of that is what dissipates all fear. That's what dissipates it. When you truly understand who you are dealing with and where he is, he ain't up above the sun on the stars. That's not where he ever was. Like he wasn't there in the sun on the stars back there with the children of Israel. Like he wasn't in the sun on the stars back there with Peter, James, and John and them. And when he met Paul on the road to Damascus, he said, Paul, why, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? Paul said, who are you? I'm Yahshua. That's Remember right. me? Yeah, I am again. He mm -hmm. wasn't in the sun, moon, and stars. Mm -hmm. He appeared right to him. And see, that's what we've come to understand right now. So mm -hmm. I do hope you come back and study again with us. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Brazil. And thank you for all of our speakers today. 
That does conclude our lecture for today's class. We wanna once again welcome all our visiting brethren and our first time visitor. We do really sincerely hope that you enjoyed the lecture and that you come back again and study again with us. We hold our classes here on Zoom every Tuesday and Thursday from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Sundays from 11, I'm sorry, Sundays from 11.30 to 1.30 and Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now may we all stand in our hearts and minds and give reverence to our Savior, Yashad Messiah, through the doxology. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless from the, excuse me, now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time now and forever, let us all say hallelujah. 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 Welcome again, Michael. We hope you enjoyed it. And please come back. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah, Praise Joshua. Right.